We've heard for a few years now that Pope Benedict XVI had penned a final testament, a last testament, a spiritual testament that was to be released upon his death. And I've spoke about this before, and I was eager to learn what it said. People speculated perhaps Pope Benedict is going to tell about his resignation. Perhaps he will reveal that he resigned for a certain purpose or that he didn't really resign. Or he will reveal something about his true thoughts on the Latin Mass or Pope Francis or something like this. Well, Pope Benedict, may he rest in peace, as you know, died on December 31st of 2022. And he was buried in the following week. And we're still sort of putting the pieces together. His assistant and right-hand man, Archbishop Ger Gansfein, has a book coming out this week that's supposed to be a tell-all of what was going on during these years when Pope Benedict was Pope Emeritus. I have an early copy of that book already. haven't had a chance to read it in full. But I've been intrigued by this spiritual testament of Pope Benedict XVI, and I've read it, and I'm going to read it to you today. It's remarkably short. Pope Benedict says very little. And I'll tell you up front, it says nothing about his resignation. It says nothing about really his papacy. It says nothing about Pope Francis. This has led some people, especially in the Benedictine world, to say that it is a fake testament, that's a forgery. As I read it, it has the quirkiness of Cardinal Ratzinger. And as I read it, um, afterwards, I'll kind of comment on some of those portions that does seem to be authentic. I think Pope Benedict really wrote this. Was there another testament later that was burned or anything else that was burned? That probably could be the case, but I really do think that this document is authentic and I'm going to read it. I've also selected some of my favorite images of Pope Ben XVI, so I'll put those on the screen so you can look at those as I do my best to read the final spiritual testament of Pope Ben XVI. It's rather short, so let's get started. Here's a picture. I like this picture of Pope Benedict. Do y'all like that one? All right, here we go. I'm going to read the spiritual testament. This was released by the Vatican, and oddly enough, it was dated the 29th of August, 2006. This is old. This is really old. Remember, he resigned the papacy. He left the seat in 2013. So this is written almost seven years before that. Here it is. My Spiritual Testament by Pope Benedict XVI to be released upon his death. Quote, When at this late hour of my life, I look back on the decades I have wandered through. I see, first of all, how much reason I have to give thanks. Above all, I thank God himself, the giver of all good gifts, who has given me life and guided me through all kinds of confusion, who has always picked me up when I began to slip, who has always given me anew the light of his countenance. In retrospect, I see and understand that even the dark 
and arduous stretches of this path were for my salvation, and that he guided me well in those very stretches. I thank my parents who gave me life in difficult times and prepared a wonderful home for me with their love, which shines through all my days as a bright light until today. My father's clear-sighted faith taught us, brothers and sisters, to believe and stood firm as a guide in the midst of all my scientific knowledge. My mother's heartfelt piety and great kindness remain a legacy for which I cannot thank her enough. My sister has served me selflessly and full of kind concern for decades. My brother has always paved the way for me with the clear-sightedness of his judgments, which his powerful determination and with the cheerfulness of his heart. Without this ever new going ahead and going along, I would not have been able to find the right path. I thank God from the bottom of my heart for the many friends, men and women, whom he has always placed at my side, for the co-workers at all stages of my path, for the teachers and students he has given me. I gratefully entrust them all to his goodness, and I would like to thank the Lord for my beautiful home in the Bavarian foothills of the Alps, in which I was able to see the splendor of the Creator himself shining through time and again. I thank the people of my homeland for allowing me to experience the beauty of faith time and again. I pray that our country will remain a country of faith. And I ask you, dear compatriots, not to let your faith be distracted. Finally, I thank God for all the beauty I was able to experience during the various stages of my journey but especially in Rome and in Italy, which has become my second home. I ask for forgiveness from the bottom of my heart from all those whom I have wronged in some way. What I said earlier of my compatriots, I now say to all who were entrusted to my service in the church, stand firm in the faith. Do not be confused. Often it seems as if science on the one hand, the natural sciences, on the other, historical research, especially the exegesis of Holy Scripture, has irrefutable insights to offer that are contrary to the Catholic faith. I've witnessed from times long past the changes in natural science, and I've seen how apparent certainties against the faith vanished, proving themselves not to be science but philosophical interpretations, only apparently belonging to science. Just as, moreover, it is the dialogue with the natural sciences that faith has learned to understand the limits of the scope of its affirmations, and thus in its own specificity. For 60 years now, I have accompanied the path of theology, especially biblical studies, 
and I have seen seemingly unshakable theses collapse with the changing generations, which turned out to be mere hypotheses. The liberal generation, Harnack, Ulliker, the existentialist generation, Boltmann, the Marxist generation. I have seen and see how out of the tangle of hypotheses, the reasonableness of faith has emerged and is emerging anew. Jesus Christ is truly the way, the truth, and the life, and the church in all her shortcomings is truly the body of Christ. Finally, I humbly ask, pray for me, so that the Lord may admit me to the eternal dwellings, despite all my sins and shortcomings. For all those entrusted to me, my heartfelt prayer goes out day after day. Pope Benedict XVI, his final spiritual testament. Now, what did you think? I did my best to read it. It's really one, two, three, four, four and a half paragraphs long. There's really not much to it. And there is, as I mentioned earlier, the quirkiness that does seem to indicate, indicate that Cardinal Ratzinger wrote this. First off, there is his devotion to his parents, his brother, and his sister. That is a Cardinal Ratzinger Benedict thing. He loves his family. He often speaks of his parents. He loved his brother. So I think this is legit. It sounds very much like a Pope Benedict kind of a thing. But then we move on to the next two paragraphs. And this is where it gets quirky. This is where you see the German professor come out. Okay, so he has this sort of romantic understanding of the Bavarian foothills and the Alps and seeing God the creator and all of that. And he, he begs Germany to keep their faith and not be distracted in their faith. But I'm sorry, Your Holiness, I think Germany has long, for the most part, lost the Catholic faith. And then he goes into this long paragraph about science natural sciences, historical research, um, the contradictions seemingly between faith and science and reason and philosophy. And he says, as he's grown older, he's seen the so-called apparent certainties against the faith vanish. I mean, it very much reminds me of the speech that Pope Benedict made before the parliament of, uh, was it Germany? I think it was, uh, where he talks about faith and reason and how they are synthesized together. And it, since this was written in 2006, this very much must have been on his mind in 2006. And then he talks about these different generations, the liberal generation, the existentialist generation, and the Marxist generation, and how these are hypotheticals, not realities that will also pass away. And he ends that paragraph saying, Jesus is the way, the truth, 
and the life, and that the church, despite her defects, is truly the body of Christ. What I think is odd about the Testament, at the end, he does ask the faithful to pray for him that he may, quote, be admitted to the eternal dwellings. But there's nothing really papal about this spiritual testament. Uh, he only refers to it, as, as far as I can tell, once, and he says, to those who are entrusted to my service in the church. It's very odd. Uh, there's, there's no reference here to having been pope, having been vicar of Christ. Now, of course, this is in 2006. There's not a lot of maybe information here, but don't you think it's odd that there's nothing spoken here? Now, this has led a lot of people to say this is a fake testimony. Pope Benedict wouldn't have made an announcement, hey, I have a testimony that's going to be released when I die, and everyone's eager for it, and you read it, and it's... Honestly, I mean, is it, is it offensive for me to say here there is, there is nothing new here? I don't understand why, the, why he saved this for when he died. Like, he could have released this any given Sunday. There's nothing fresh here. Now, we do know that the documents of Pope Benedict were destroyed. Was there another testament that was destroyed? This starts to feel and sound like what? The third secret of Fatima, does it not? So I'm going to jump over here into the comments. I want to hear from y'all. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, here's one here from Giovanni. He says, Anthony Stein covered this today at Return to Tradition. It's clearly not his final revision and stinks to high heaven from Bergoglio Papacy that they should have scrubbed the last revision. Yeah, there is something very kind of old about this document. But like I said, if I got on YouTube and I said, I've written a testament, and when I die, it's going to be released to the world, right? And then when I die, my wife or my kids come on YouTube and they read something and it says, I really love my parents and my brother and my sister and you know, I've I, I really seen over time that that science and reason and faith work together and pray for me. I mean, why would I do that? I don't understand why why I would make the announcement that I I've got this testament. When I die, it's going to be released. It's my my final spiritual testament. And it's really a reflection about my parents. And I don't, I, I didn't grow up in the Bavarian Hills, but I grew up on in Texas and the beauty of, of Texas and the Rio Grande and the hill country and the pine forests of Tyler, Texas, and, you know, the bass fishing on the lakes and, and all these things. And then my reflection on, on faith and reason is odd. It's odd. Is this the real deal? Maybe it's just an early draft. Maybe it's just something they found and they released it. I mean, as you know, I'm, I'm not real trustworthy of the Vatican or Pope Francis. 
here, I'm going to bring Giovanni back on. Benedict, the author and scholar, wrote this nearly, uh, this 2006, and never rewrote it and thought of it ever again. He didn't want to have a high position in the church because it interfered with his scholastics. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of see the quirkiness of Pope Benedict as a professor, as a German. Like, his last testament to the world is about science and faith. They are integrated. As I grew older, I realized that science and faith and reason all work together. Pray for me. I find it odd. I mean, it's a beautiful statement. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, I'm just, I'm perplexed. The first time I read this, I was like, like looking for more sheets of, of paper. Are we missing something here? Was this, was this maybe the prologue to the real full testament? I mean, what is going on here? Ed Schoenstein says, this was probably the least controversial version that minimizes focus on Benedict and allows Francis to move on. Yeah, so what I'm hearing from y'all in the comments is y'all believe there's multiple versions or drafts or something, and this was sort of a, an early draft, and people read it, and they're like, this is completely tame. There's nothing controversial or even that interesting in it, so let's put it out. Brianne says, it lacks, or maybe it's Brian, Maya Maxima Culpa, it lacks the substance of Benedict's writings. I mean, yes, it's true, but it, if you've read, I've read a lot of books by Pope Benedict, and there is sometimes it's a little bit tedious, and it, it is the German professor. You're like, where is this guy going? What is the point? We're spending a lot of time on this topic, and I don't get it. It's very Teutonic. And I see that sort of wondering in this testament. But like you're saying, there is, when you bite into it, there's no crunch to this. Patristic student says, Benedict was too much of an intellectual giant to have written that. So is there a consensus here in the audience, in the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, that this is fake? I don't think it's fake. I think he wrote it. I'm just perplexed as to why this would be the, you know, release it upon my death file. Like, this is the kill switch document after everything we've been through, Right? Oh, this is good here. Anid Mercado. I wonder if Monsignor Genswein mentions a more recent testimony within the book. Well, I have a copy of the book. I'm going to be wor working through it, and I'll let you know. So far, I haven't heard anything that Archbishop Genswein has said. It's not, it's not it. Carolyn Kimberly. A high schooler could have written that. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. As I read it the first couple times, I thought to myself... There is a guilelessness about this. There is something naive and pure about this. And maybe this is just a very old man dictating to someone else in the room. Like, Benedict, give us, your, give us thoughts. And he, he sits there and he says, you know, I'm really thankful for my parents, my mom, my dad, my the clear-sightedness of my father and my sister who served me and my brother. And, and then I really like the Alps. Alps, great place to grow up. And then, you know, faith and science. Science is not bad. Science works with faith. The older I get, the more I realize that reason, science, and faith go together. 
Uh, and, and Holy Father, what, when you die, what do you want people to Please pray for me. When I die, please pray for me. Okay, that's a wrap. Good job, Pope Benedict. Thanks for those thoughts. Write it all down, put it in an envelope, put it in the file for his, I mean, that's what it kind of feels like. Like if I went, if I had a, um, I remember being a young man, I think it was in middle school. And my teacher said, go to the retirement home or go to your grandparent or call your grandparent, sit down with a pad of paper and, and ask them some questions, like interview them and then write it down as a report and then repent, uh, present it to the class. And I remember sitting down with my grandfather and, and just saying, asking some questions and then penning it down and making a two-page report and give it to me. That's kind of what this feels like. An elderly person in a retirement home and they're just giving some very general reflections on their life. There's nothing Rottweiler. You know, people say Ratzinger was the Rottweiler of God. There's nothing Rottweiler at all in this document. Let's do a little poll right now. In the live chat or in the comments below, let me know, do you believe that this is authentic? Did Pope Benedict write this? Yes or no? That's the first question. There's two questions, two-part question. The second is, if Pope Benedict did write it, do you believe that this is the actual testament that he wanted released upon his death? Two questions. Question one, did B-16 write this, yes or no? If you say yes, do you believe this is the end-all, be-all testament that he intended to be released? Okay, so let's... Let's go in here. And don't just say yes or no. That's always kind of hard to know. Just say, because I don't know which question you're answering, all right? I want you to say, yes, I believe he wrote it, but I don't think it was the final, or no, I don't believe. Use a complete sentence, all right? We're in middle school here. We're back in middle school. Use a complete sentence. Yes and no. Everyone's saying yes and no. I know that's no good. I want you to give me a complete sentence. Yes, or yes, I did think he wrote it. No, I don't think he wrote it. Okay. And that's what we're going to do now in the poll, okay? And if you're, if you're watching this later, I want you to leave a comment below because I'm going to go through and I want to engage with you and I want to see what you're saying. Do you believe he wrote it? And is this the end-all, be-all testament? Most people are saying, okay, so some people are saying, no, they don't believe he wrote it at all. Uh, that seems to be the minority view so far. Again, it's a two-part question. So if you just write the word yes or you just write the word no, that's not of any help, all right? <laughs> if you just write the word yes, it doesn't mean anything to me because it's a two-part question. Use a complete sentence. I just saw Peter Doyle in there. Hey, Peter, what's going on? All right, here's Caroline. She used a complete sentence, and so I'm going to praise her in front of the classroom. I feel mixed about question one whether he wrote it. And she says, but I don't think it was the end all. I, my, my take on it, I think he wrote it. I think this sounds like Benedict, an elderly Benedict reflecting. I read a lot of Benedict. I, my guess is he's dictating this to somebody and they wrote it down and he signed it. That's my guess. Is this when he said, hey, I'm going to put down a testament. When I die, release it. Is this that? 
Mm, I don't think so. I'm going to say I'm not so sure about that. Alvin's coming in. He says, I don't believe B-16 wrote it. Oh, here's a here's a good one here. Roger says, yes, but it's just part of his final letter. Interesting. So you actually think maybe it's an epilogue or a prologue to the actual testament. You would think, I mean, Benedict is very wordy. He spoke in paragraphs. If you asked Ratzinger a question, he wouldn't just say, yes, that is the case, or no, that is not the case. He would pause, and he would think, and he would grind the German gears in his mind, and then he would prepare in his mind a paragraph, and then he would deliver the paragraph. That's the Ratzinger. That's the real Ratzinger. So it is kind of odd that his final statement to the world would just be a few paragraphs without much in it. Grace says yes, because he was an academic. This kind of goes back to the third secret of Fatima. Did Benedict release and John Paul II release all of it? I am 99.9999999999% convinced that they did not release all of the third secret of Fatima. And if JP2 and Benedict XVI weren't going to be 100% transparent on that issue, well, you can sure be sure that in 2023, the Vatican is not transparent on other issues in the, in the Francis Bregolian pontificate. I think perhaps our whole audience could agree on that. Also, if there is foul play and Benedict didn't write this, I would expect someone in the Benedict circle, like Archbishop Genswein or someone else, to sound the alarm and say, alert, alert, this is fake. Alert, alert, this is fake. Why is the Vatican burning his documents? I've heard that it's because Benedict requested that. But what I would like to know is where and when did Benedict request that? That's like I die and then all my enemies burn all my documents. And like, why are you burning? All well, he requested that we would come and burn all of Taylor Marshall's documents. Well, do you have a, a signed notarized document from Taylor saying burn all my documents or you just burn all the documents? Oh, well, we actually just burned that signed notarized document. Oops, our bad. Sounds kind of sketch. Super sketch. Etch-a-sketch. How, uh, Dominator says, how do we know he wrote it? It could have been someone else. I mean, we don't, that's, we just have to trust the Vatican. You want to do that, right? You just have to trust the Vatican. I was really hoping that the last Testament was going to contain something like, I never really resigned the papacy, or for all of you that think I never resigned the papacy, here are 10 reasons in an academic Germanic way of why I did willfully with full consent, resign the papacy. I'm setting the record straight. Like I wanted something legit. Like straight up Pope Benedict 
breaking it down with objections and replies on setting the record straight. This sets nothing straight. Uh, Scraper says the new hip term is sus. No one says sketch anymore. Okay, so I know that, but my teenage kids say, Dad, sus means something more than that. But I still use the word sus as in suspicious, but they think it's cringe. Inside joke. Mary Joseph, how do you trust a Masonic infiltration? Short answer, seriously, you don't. You say H to the no. And also, if this is a forged document, what else could be forged? That's a problem. Linnea, I would not expect Benedict to write about his resignation, but about his concerns for his spiritual children. Well, Linnea, his, the concerns of his spiritual children are his resignation. Do you, do you realize that the number one concern of people who love Benedict, the number one concern that they all have regarding Benedict is that he resigned and why did he resign and what does it mean? So I, I, think, I think he owed it to us. I think he owed us. If you're the Pope for over a billion people and you resign, I think you, you owe the world an account. It affects all of us deeply. You know, it hadn't been done in 600 years. So you do something that affects a, over a billion people that hasn't been done in the Catholic Church for 600 years. You got to say something. If one day... I left my family and I died. You kind of expect to have something like, here's why I did it. You know, if you're the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company and then you just leave, kind of need to know what's going on for the sake of everybody. Am I asking too much here? Maybe, maybe that's out of line. Maybe it's too soon to say something like that. I apologize. Deborah, keep in mind that he ordered the investigation into the Vatican Cardinals and had that red notebook. I highly doubt he would have that burned. I don't think he'd have it burned either. But he's an old man. He's 95. Do you think he really had a full command of his filing cabinet and what was in there and what was going in and out? I don't. He's 95. Uh, is it possible the source of your advanced copy is a fraud? No, the advanced copy I have of Gansfine book is legit. Totally legit. And I've conferred with another person who has an advanced copy and they look identical. So I think what I have is legit. We'll all find out in a few days when it comes out. Joanne says he wrote what they allowed. Noreen, 
takes a, she's on Facebook. She says, it seems to me that this is the full final statement of Benedict the 16th. God love him, but there was definitely, he was definitely kind of weak in this final Testament is weak. Okay. So I agree that he wrote this, whether it's the final or not, but I agree there's, like I said, when you bite into this, it doesn't crunch. There's not much here. To me, it sounds like Ben the 16th, an old Ben. It sounds like an old retired Benedict the 16th. I don't understand. This could have been released whenever. I don't understand why this was put into the kill switch. Like when I'm dead, like, listen, when I'm dead, I've written this Testament. It's really important. When I die, release the Testament, release the Testament. When I die, got it. Okay, good. And then he dies and then they release the Testament. And it's this, it's like, Like, release the Kraken. And it's not a Kraken. It's a tuna fish. Benjamin says, do you think multiple testaments were sent out to different people? I have no idea. I have no idea. My, I suspect, I mean, either Benedict was just old and tired and weak and just wanted to go into his reward and probably it sounds like, from what Gensfine said, he was discouraged. He had pain in his heart over some of the things Francis was doing. And he was just, he was just done. He had no strength in him to, to put out a testament. Aaron Somerville says, tell my wife hello. Yeah, it'd be kind of like, I leave the Taylor Marshall final testament. He died on Tuesday and his... Final Testament was released on Wednesday by the family of Taylor Marshall. In it, it says, tell my wife, I love her. Hello. Faith and reason work together. Bavaria is a beautiful place to grow up. Pray for me. It's, it's odd. It's odd. So I think we should, whether you believe it's legit or not, at the very end, he says, Finally, I humbly ask, pray for me so that the Lord may admit me into the eternal dwellings. Whether you believe it's legit or not, I think we should pray for Pope Benedict. I think you should pray at least one rosary for Pope Benedict in the repose of his soul. And I think we need to keep eyes on the Vatican. We need to watch what is going to happen. I think this is a critical moment. Yesterday I spoke, if you didn't see it, go back and watch yesterday's podcast. Yesterday I spoke about a cardinal in Rome who went to the press, La Stampa, picked up by the Telegraph, who said the conservative cardinals are mobilizing in order to move for the either the resignation, the ousting, the deposition to not clear the process of Pope Francis. Now that Benedict has died, they're moving against Pope Francis. Is that legit? Since I put that video, a lot of people said, this just sounds like a false flag. This sounds like Francis trying to gain sympathy. I doubt it's real. I personally think it is real. I think it is real. So go back and watch yesterday's show. Uh, it's it's good. It's really good. All right. 
That being said, if you want to learn more about all of this, the, the year 2012 leading up to the resignation of, Fran of Benedict in 2013, how this actually was about a 200-year game plan culminating in Pope Francis Procolio, I call it an infiltration. The church is good. The church is holy. One holy Catholic and apostolic church. But the church can have evil people in it. Christ called them wolves or tares or cockle, right? These are the weeds that grow in the church, the wolves who come and try to eat the sheep. Jesus promised that this would happen. There was a Judas Iscariot even amongst the 12 apostles. The account of that, the historical account of how it happened, how we got to 2023, is all detailed in this number one book, Infiltration. You should get a copy of it. If you want a signed copy, go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall, patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. All right. And then also we are coming to an end of the winter enrollment for New St. Thomas Institute. If you want to take an online course going through every book of the Bible from a Catholic point of view, I'd encourage you to sign up, enroll at newsaintthomas.com. We also have a full course on the Latin mass, how to pronounce Latin, how to understand the basics of Latin, how to make the responses at mass in Latin, and then also, you know, how to set up your missal, how to attend the Latin mass, what are the different kinds of Latin masses. If you're new to the Latin Mass, or maybe you've been in Latin Mass for a long time and you want to learn every single part of it from the very opening lines until the last gospel, I have a course built for you. Go to newsaintthomas.com and you'll get the Bible course, you'll get the Latin Mass course, and you'll get seven other courses. Check it out, newsaintthomas.com. We opened up a few more spaces, so head on over there. All right, and make sure you're praying your rosary every single day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. And pray a rosary for Pope Benedict. And until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed.